Hello, and welcome to episode 60 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the space dog, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I recreated St. Patrick's achievement with the snakes, but swapped the staff in Ireland for a shovel in my backyard. I don't... I don't understand you sometimes. <laughs> you, you say things, and we just allow them. I, you know what I love about this is... Starting us off rocky like that every time, it just means it can only get better from there, right? Yeah. Is that the goal? Um, the goal is plant to the hopefully bar have something entertaining to say. Hopefully to get you to laugh. I snapped my finger. It. Clear off. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing many a trailer, some news, a nugget, a tender, the good stuff. The usual. All before diving into our flick of the week, The Predator. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Um, what we are drinking is Crooked Steve, Artisan Beer Projects, Sour Rosé. It's a wild ale fermented in oak with raspberries and blueberries. It's sour, it's bubbly, it's elegant, and it's crisp. It's it's pretty. It's pretty. It's very it pretty. It is very pretty. It you know reminds- what this reminds me of? I know exactly where you're going with this. Where am I going with it? <laughs> the the, uh, the ginger ale that grandma used to drink? Yep. Because yep. <laughs> it's the only place I ever had it. I I'm, I have not had it in many, many years. I, I don't even think they actually make it. I'm not certain they do. That she always sick. had that. The uh, What was it? The the raspberry ginger ale? Yeah, I think that's what uh, it was. From was Schweppes, it, I think. Was it raspberry or cranberry? It was raspberry. And I think it was Canada Dry. I'm not, I'm not certain, though. Could have been Just Schweppes. Canada. I thought it was Schweppes. It could have been. Well, either way, it's, it's almost exactly way. the same. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Um, um, now I'm going to be sorely disappointed when I take a swig of it, <laughs> even if it is delicious. Spoiler, um, I know it's pretty good. I've had it before. Yeah, I stole this from your fridge. Um, this is primary fermented with our mixed culture of wild yeast and bacteria. Sour rosé. There he is. Yes, there he is again. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Sour rosé undergoes secondary fermentation in large oak foders? faders. I've never seen this word before. Hmm. On raspberries and blueberries. Showcasing the effervescent champagne-type character, sour rosé is the perfect sour beer for all occasions. Sorry, all seasons and occasions. I just lost two words. Unfiltered and naturally wild, we package each can with a small amount of yeast to maintain maximum freshness for whichever... For wherever life's adventures take you. Cultured in yeast. Chad Jacobson, brewmaster. What is Pack in, enjoy, pack out. Hey, what's that about? I don't know. I like the little iconography there, but I don't know what it means. Um, I'm not sure. Pack I mean, it up. Pack it Colorado. in. Let me begin. Nothing. Uh, Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's give this one a taste. Oh, sorry. Cheers. Mm. I like that. Very it's good. definitely not ginger ale, <laughs> but it's no. it's quite tasty. It's definitely, it's, I don't really taste blueberry, but raspberry for sure. Yeah, the raspberry is pretty pretty prominent in there. I, you can. Sorry, I think the what, sweetness. What's up? The sweetness though reminds me of like the sweetness from blueberries. There's a little bit of smooth smoothness in there too that reminds me of some blueberries. Yeah, um, 
you know, I'm getting a, a little bit more as it sits on my palate. Mm-hmm. It's got a strong scent. Yes. Um, this type of sour, especially since I think, should, like they said, it should be fresh with them uh, leaving a little bit of the yeast in there. Stings uh, that's the nostrils. pretty common. Um, I very much enjoy this type of sour beer. Mm. Same. Very um, good. Very good. We would be remiss not to mention your favorite aspect of many of these beers, the can art. The wonderful can art. It's delightful. It's also tra- tranquil lake or river through a valley. Yeah. yeah. A couple of cool, mountains in the cool background there. Colorings of like pink fading down towards white. Like Yeah. The cool. the pale palette is is very enjoyable. It's very it's very calm. <laughs> very calm like this beer is. I uh, I gotta say the can itself also reminds me of that ginger ale. Everything about this <laughs> reminds me of that ginger ale. It's kind of ridiculous. I, I I really want that now. I think I tried to find it a while back, kind of just out of you know nostalgia, yeah. and I saw something else. I think they they don't do that exact one. It's like something different that's similar. Mm. I don't remember what it was. I don't. I I don't even think I ended up getting it because it wasn't the same thing. Yeah, that would just it would just be a disappointment. You'd get yeah. it. You get it home, you'd be like, ah, ready to crack into my past. <laughs> and then you'd have a sip of it and you're like, I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, it was the two things that I always remembered when I would come, because we would only come down like twice a year, I guess, mm-hmm. um, from when I lived in Vermont. And uh, there was the ginger ale and there was those those long chocolate cookies, that the Italian cookies that she had. The she long keep chocolate them. cookies. I don't know if I remember those. Yeah, they were. Uh, she would. It was. Uh, I forget what. It was some Italian like like bakery type brand, and she would always have those long chocolate cookies and the long uh, biscotti. Mm, yeah, they're from the same brand. Okay. She she would always have both. Oh, those there. okay. I remember. Yeah, I remember. I more vividly remember that pop up used to also <laughs> Arrested Development. Like I think I have that a connection with that show specifically because of Pop Pop, which um, always made me laugh. But anyway, uh, our grandparents always had my grandfather had York peppermint patties in the fridge, yeah, and my mom had mounds, and they were delicious. Yeah, delicious little treats. <laughs> Poor now for the GPS. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. So we got we got some stuff to go over. Well, hang on a second, because now I feel bad because usually when I when I confuse you with the intro, oh, you have to explain it. That's, that's usually right. Let's you follow go back up and it. ask what it's about. And there's always a reason. Sometimes it's a quote from something that we were watching this week, or mm-hmm. a quote from something else I happened to watch this week, or my story about almost clipping off half my finger, yeah, or yeah. so this that's is more kind of in that thing. So I had <laughs> I had two different things, and one of them was way too corny to. Intro. Do you want that too, or do you want to just get right to the story? Let's let's get that too. Let's see if I, uh, we can understand. That. <laughs> so it was it. Like I really liked it when I first thought of it, and then I was like, "It's too bad. I'm never gonna get through saying the whole thing, and it's gonna it's be way so worse bad. if I can't finish it off because it's that bad." It's all about timing. Um, so I was gonna say, if you're having snake problems, I feel bad for you, son. I saw three snakes Monday, and I killed each one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Super corny. That's horrible, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the thing is, I was wondering. Now. <laughs> I was wondering if it was so bad that it would be perfect, but I I don't think it was bad enough, actually. 
it's it comes around. <laughs> that was kind of the idea. The problem is I thought of it like snap like on Monday, and I had like two days sitting on that, and I was like, no, I can't. It's it's not. It's either too bad or not bad enough, and I can't figure out which one. I just like that this this was taking up that much of your time in your head. Oh no, it was one of those weird things that just like it just happened in my mind, and then it's just been sitting there for two whole days. So on Monday, so in the backyard, you're just yeah. slaying snakes. Yes, so I also that's figured that if that's your if weekend, the, I also figured if, if our audience gets bigger, I might get in trouble with PETA, mm. um, because we had to get rid of some snakes. Because they were in the way. Um, and by in the way, I mean we were finishing up that little section in the back of the fence yep. that we had left undone. And they were living in the two post holes we had dug mm. that we had to like dig deeper and stuff. Sure. And so we were digging in there and um, there was three gigantic rocks wedged against each other and into the side of the hole. Naturally. Which took a long time to get Wouldn't out. Wouldn't want it to be too easy. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, so I, like, we pried up one end of it, and, like, it's a big rock. Like, it probably weighs 100 pounds. You know, it's a couple feet by a foot by another foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm, like, laying down on the ground with my, like, arms all the way down to the bottom. Like, I'm, like, shoulder deep, you know, in, in this hole in the ground. And I yank this one, uh, the first of the three rocks out of the ground, and I see slither right. across in front of me from between the other two rocks. See the little snake. I was like, yeah. yank the rock out, throw it. I was like, nope. And my dad's like, <laughs> what? I was like, there's a snake in there uh, that was directly in front of my face and hands. Um, you've got the shovel. Please take care of it. Uh, <laughs> the appropriate like, if response. If it was just me and I had the shovel, I would have done it. But like, I was like, I'm like, my face is in this hole. And there's a snake slithering right in front of me. <laughs> you should have said snakes. Why does it have to be snakes? That's true. But I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking that snake slithered right in front of my face. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm i pulling the rock out and I get ready to throw it because it had to go away from where we were. And my dad, you know, got the snake with the shovel. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. You know, I grabbed the post hole digger and I scooped the snake up with the post hole digger, threw it out of the hole. We finish up with that hole. We move on to the second of the two holes. Uh, sorry, no. He was figuring, like, like finishing up, like digging out to make sure we had like the whole bottom done the way we needed to. Sure. And I was, you know, catch my breath because it was a, it was a pretty heavy rock. Um, <laughs> and I'm walking inside. I was like, oh, let me top off my water while I got a minute. And I'm walking past the other hole, and I see something on the corner of my eye, and I thought it was just my shadow. And I stopped and I turned back. So first of all, this first snake was like it was tiny. It was like a baby snake. Yeah. Like it was probably six inches long, very skinny. Okay. Um, I lo- I was like, mm, that doesn't seem like Shadow. And I like lean back and I look at this other hole. It's like, oh, that's the mom. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> nice. I was like, hey, Dad, when you're done with that hole, um, I'm getting water. Um, there's another snake in that hole. He's like, really? I was like, oh, yeah. He goes, you're sure? I was like, I could not be more sure. <laughs> it is significantly larger than the last one. <laughs> and I'm walking, I'm like halfway, I'm like walking past the pool, you know what I mean, towards the back of the house. Yeah, yeah. And I'm halfway there, and he goes, oh, wow, that is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So no, I get Harmless the snakes, though, right? There are garter snakes. Yeah. But honestly, we would have tried to get rid of them. Like, we've had other snakes, we've just kind of shooed them out of the way. Mm-hmm. They were very much in the way, and 
there was three of them, two very large garter snakes. I mean, they're garter snakes, still very large for that breed. Both of them were over a foot long. Um, and, you know, one of them was significantly thicker than the other. Mm-hmm. They were pretty decent-sized snakes. And the, the problem is they were coming out of holes in the side of the wall of the hole in the ground. Right. So, like, we're afraid there's, like, a nest. You know what I sure. mean? Like, I'm like, I'm going to find a way to escape one of these snakes, and I'm going to hit the dirt, and then there's just going to be eight more snakes. So, like, <laughs> just get rid of them. Yeah. No, I didn't feel good about it because, like, they're not poisonous and, like, whatever. Yeah. But, like, like, we had to do – like, we would have taken eight hours to get rid of these fucking snakes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I get in the house. I'm filling up a glass of water. I made myself a new cup of coffee. I see him jabbing in the hole with a shovel. <laughs> I was like, God. That snake, I was like, that snake really gave you a lot of trouble. He said, no, that one was, wasn't actually that big of a deal. The problem was there was another bigger one in there as well. I was like, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, God. That's terrible. So you're so, a murderer is what you're telling me. Snake murderer, yes. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is i don't know like this is like one of those things where ow what'd you do yesterday that's not what i'm thinking that's not what i'm gonna get out of you very strange you're a, you're a strange strange little man i mean i didn't set out that day to kill snakes either so i mean sure sure that's uh that's odd um <laughs> jesus now that we're fully fully off uh we got we got a lot to talk about in this episode, yes. we got a lot of trailers to discuss. And that's really going to be the that's the bulk of, of my stuff that I have here. And then I know you have a couple of things to pepper in there. So shall we dive right in? The first trailer that I'd like to talk about is Bad Times at the El Royale. Yes. So I've seen a trailer for this movie before. I had not. I and saw it as a trailer before this movie. It was not anywhere on my radar. So I had seen the trailer probably two or three times, uh, but it was the same one. I've now, seen it twice now since I saw it on TV. Gotcha. Today, what's interesting though was when I saw the Predator. I saw three trailers for this movie. It what? was El Royale, two movie trailers, another El Royale trailer, two movie trailers, another El Royale trailer, and they were all different, and they kind of linked up together okay i guess that's kind of cool if they that, if they're yeah. all different and was kind of like a like a story in three parts like I, that's kind of cool that i thought you meant like no, they no, gave you the, the wrong one. promotional material and they just kept showing you that you know like how sometimes yeah. yes you don't deal with it anymore like sometimes when you watch tv and like you see the same exact commercial back to back yeah you're like no no it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. guys Guys, That's, what's going on? <laughs> I will say that was my immediate reaction because, like, once like the tone set in and like the uh, they put the production company up, I was like, "Oh, again?" I was like, "What happened here?" And then like it got into it. I was like, "Wait a minute, this is not the same." And then here I was we like, go again, again. <laughs> again. <laughs> the first, the first one that I saw, I was like, "I don't understand." And the second one was like, "I still don't understand," but this is interesting. And then the third one, I was like, okay, what the fresh hell is this? <laughs> and I was like, but by the third one, I was actually more intrigued. I'm still not completely sold because I have no idea what's going on. No, uh, but it does seem like it's kind of like chasing that Hotel Artemis, John mm-hmm. Wick type of vibe by way of like Hateful Eight type of deal. Yeah, that's uh, sure. And which, uh, you know, that could work. Um, that's becoming a genre. And it's just like... Okay, but I don't, 
I still have no idea. I have no idea what this movie's about. Actually, even some kind of Kingsman vibes too. Yeah, I got I got that. I got that. A lot of the uh the shots from behind the glass is very Kingsman esque. Yeah. Um the some of the uh the color schemes that are going on there too. But what I so hang on. I'm gonna pull this movie up real quick. I'm gonna read you Do you know what this movie is about? I think I just gave you the synopsis. Just Hotel Artemis slash John Wick slash Kingsman slash Hateful Eight. That, yeah, okay. So, but that, that's the thing. But though. this but time with twice about? the Jeff Bridges. <laughs> twice, yes. Oh <laughs> my god. We got Jeff Bridges. We got not Negan. We've got Wait, a what? we've got a flashy a flashy Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris. Yep. So seven strangers. Did you say not Negan? Not Negan, because oh John Hamm. Yeah, confused him that's with right. Negan. I uh, actually forgot he was in the. The trailer for this. This is from IMDb, naturally. Where you, know, where you go for all your your quick plots. Seven strangers, each with a secret to bury, meet at Lake Tahoe's El Royale, a rundown hotel with a dark past. Over the course of one fateful night, everyone will have a last shot at redemption before everything goes to hell. But but what does that mean, though? <laughs> <laughs> I have no. I, I don't. I'm not convinced that when I go see this movie. And leave the theater, I will know what it was about. <laughs> and that concerns me. Oh, this is directed by Drew Goddard. Yes. Interesting. I didn't I don't think I saw that during the uh during the uh, trailer. Let's see, what else has he done? Producer I believe he was the showrunner for Daredevil. Producer of Daredevil. I think he was the showrunner. Okay. Yeah, yeah, series created by. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I mean, look. Oh, so he did more writing. He wrote he wrote The Martian, he wrote a bunch of episodes of Lost. Okay. Buffy, Angel, Alias. Uh, he's a frequent JJ Abrams collaborator, it looks like. Gotcha. I mean, the aesthetic is interesting. The cast seems cool. My concern though is that it's just going to be one of those movies that by the end of it I'm just like, meh. Are you are you sold on this? Do you uh, want to see it? I, I wouldn't say sold, but I'm I was interested by it. I guess maybe as stuff comes around about it. When is this? Oh, it's coming out in like a month. Okay, I didn't realize it was coming out that soon. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I sad. don't know. I mean, I guess. Oh, I mean, like, let's be serious. On. We're gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no, how we do I, things I, here. Considering I literally know nothing about it, I had never heard of it before Sunday. Yeah, and I re-seen that trailer or a, a clipped version of that trailer once or twice since and i haven't had any time to look into what it's all about um or heard any hype about it so but it seemed interesting so all right i guess we'll have to follow up on that to, to figure this one out because i'm i'm gonna continue to be confused and i might i might be after the movie's over as i mentioned <laughs> uh, moving on there's another trailer that piqued my interest and I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it mid '90s. Yeah, I watched it today because I knew you wanted to talk about it. So yeah, I wanted to be informed, and it didn't take much of my time to watch a two and a half minute trailer. Sure. <laughs> well, this was a this was an interesting one because uh, like two and a half months ago, I got uh, tickets to a screener for this movie, but I didn't get to go to it. Um, and the only information that I was given it was like mid '90s setting, Jonah Hill directed film, and I was like. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, I was, that, that sounded interesting, 
and then I watched a trailer and I was less interested. Right, right. Then I was just like, oh, because I was expecting like I, I thought it was going to be like a goofy '90s style movie. That's what I was yes. expecting from that. I was, I was kind of picturing, I was kind of picturing what's it called? Um, the hell is the name of the movie? I fucking love that movie with with Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. Superbad. Yeah, Superbad. I was kind of picturing Superbad, but mm. the '90s. That's that's exactly what I was thinking uh, when I got that quick synopsis because there really was no information about it. And then I saw this trailer, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't go to the screener because I probably would have been disappointed going in there thinking that. But now that I've seen the trailer and I know what it is, I am interested. I'm very excited to see him direct a movie. I'm just curious how that comes out. And the story is just it looks kind of bleak though. Like it reminds me of some of the some of the stuff that I've been seeing this past year, like vibes of like the florida project which was just tough to get through not because it was a poorly made movie but because the people in it disgusted me as they were supposed to uh but i i'm curious i'll see it because i want to like i would love to see what he does with it yeah i mean i'm interested from that perspective but i just did not i was not really all that interested by what i saw in the trailer Mm -hmm. um it does look kind of bleak like you said although i did I did get a good chuckle out of the one scene where they're all sitting on the stairs and the black security guards yelling at them. And the, the guy, the kid uses the N word and he said, wait, you're not allowed to say that. I, I think, or I, I don't know. Yeah. That was great. I, what I really actually, I thought you were going to love is that opening sequence um, with the a 24 made out of skateboards and the crashing through it. Oh, uh, I don't think I even saw that actually. I think I it, like skipped at the very beginning of the trailer this, when this I put your it on. Crew. I know. <laughs> well, we're gonna we'll we'll keep you posted on that one. I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out. If you really want to see it and do it for the show, I, yeah. I'll see it. Um, but I'm not like hyped for it. Yeah, for sure. I'm I yeah I I I would like to do that. So the next trailer, it's a big one. I know you have one in between. Do you want to do yours that's not as big? Uh, so I was just going to make the joke. Oh, you mean the girl in the spider web? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's do that one. So um, Yeah, I forgot that they were doing this movie and yeah. that they recast everyone, which sucks because I really liked the cast of the first one. Um, that actually was going to be my first question was, is it actually a sequel or are they just doing it as a standalone because everybody was different? That's why I was... It's kind of... Well, I mean, it is a it's a reboot, but it's so there was this whole tortured. There was an original trilogy of the movies made with that girl who was in Prometheus, like the main actress in Prometheus, whose name is escaping me. Okay. She is Swedish. This is it was a Swedish story written by Swedish actor Stieg Larsson, um, who died several years ago. Uh, he had written three books and had plans to write several more. Um, there was a lengthy battle in court between his girlfriend, his long-term girlfriend, and his family. I, forget, I want to say it was his father and his brother, but I can't remember 100%. She wanted to keep writing the books. like He had mapped out what he wanted the story to be. She was going to keep writing them because he wanted the stories to be told. Mm-hmm. And the fa- family fought him, and eventually she finally got it written, and they're making this movie. But at the same time, they were planning on doing so they had the original trilogy made of those the original three books written by him starring that actress whose name i can't remember then they made an american version with 
not all American actors. Right. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig, um, who's also, what's his name? Um, who is Swedish, did a great job playing the villain. Um, and the, the, just the cast was great in general. I liked Daniel Craig. He was good in the role. I really like uh, Rooney Mara's take on that character, Elizabeth Salander. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I'm necessarily a huge fan of Rooney Mara in general, but she was very good in that role. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed the movie, uh, as dark as it is. Uh, and I read all three of the books, so I was excited to see the second story. But it took so long that they released everyone from their obligations to the movie, recast it. And instead of making a direct sequel to one with stories two and three, they're just jumping straight to doing the fourth one, which was the one written by Stieg Larsson's girlfriend. Oh, interesting. So that's what this is? It's the fourth one? Yes, it is gotcha. It is a sequel to the story, but it's like jumping way ahead. You know what I mean? Huh. That's an interesting thing to and do. And I haven't, read, I haven't read that book, so I don't know much about it, but I didn't realize that that movie was imminent. Like, it's coming out in October or November, I think. Yeah, it's, it's soon. I was like, oh, shit, I, like, completely, like, I vaguely remember them saying that they were going to do it, and then I feel like I haven't seen or heard anything about it since then, to the point that I completely forgot that it was, like, fully in the works, not just, like, in pre-production. Right. Um, so I'm a little intrigued. I'll look into it. I'll probably try to track down and read the book. I'm sure... I have a big thing with the way that I read stuff. I've been in a really bad reading slump for a long time. I still read a ton of stuff, just not novels like I have in the past. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I think I read 40 novels in the calendar year. Nice. And since then, I've read like read like one, mm-hmm. which is weird. I don't know if I just burnt myself out or if it's just – but I, I've always gone through peaks and valleys. This is just the longest valley by far. I've never, I've never been like a big reader. I want to, and I just, it, I just like never like make the time to do it. And I've, I've been trying, trying to this year. And it's like one book this year is a lot more than usual. So part I'm of it is three. I get caught. Part of it is I get caught up in a, an author's voice. Mm-hmm. So I will read something from someone, and I'll really enjoy it, and then I'll try and read everything from that person. Sure. And I'll read everything from that person. Then when I jump to a new author. It takes me a while to get into it because I'm used to hearing a particular voice. Yeah. And I can see that. I haven't – I've read basically everything by the authors that I enjoy. So I don't have a lot – I always ta- have You're tapped out. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing is like if there was like, you know, if George R.R. R. Martin finished, which he may or may not ever do, if he finished The Winds of Winter, yeah, uh, I will jump up and I'll read it and then, uh, you know – the curse will have been lifted off of me. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but like I've read a ton of Grisham. I read all the ones I wanted to read. A couple that I haven't is just not super interested. There weren't the well-regarded books. Jillian mm-hmm. um, Flynn doesn't seem to be writing novels anymore. I read her stuff. I'm not super interested in the cursed child that JK Rowling read. Clancy tragically, unfortunately died too early. So I don't get to read his stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I've read all of his books. You know what I mean? Like it's, so I have like, I mean, like, I, it's tough. I'll take, every once in a while, I'll take, like, a recommendation from someone and I'll read it. But even then, like, someone will hand me the book. Like, I'll have it. I won't even have an excuse to have to track it down. And I still won't read it because it's like, I can't get the wheel turning. Sure. And then once I do, I'm fine and I enjoy it. So, um, yeah. That's, I don't know. That's it might be tough for me to read this book because I'm used to Larson's voice sure. in, in this story. But it's also been several years since I've read them. So maybe. It's long enough that my palate on that way has been cleansed. Hmm. 
interesting take. I, I'm curious. Do you have you read have you reread any books? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a that's a thing for you. Um, I mean, not everything, but like I've read all of the Lord of the Rings several times. Sure. Um, I've read through the entirety of Song of Ice Fire twice. Um, I read the Harry Potters multiple times. Yeah. A couple other things, but other than that, most stuff I haven't reread, um, with the exception of The Sum of All Fears, which is one of the Clancy ones, because I read it a while back. Yeah. And then I wanted to read all of the Clancy books. So I read them all in order, and when I hit the sum of all fears, I reread it at that time because it had been several years since I had read it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's kind of funny. This this movie's had a hold on you for the past few weeks, <laughs> or the no, this, this, this story. That just that that's, that part has just been kind of a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I uh, I'm currently trying to get through. I'm saying it like a, like it's a chore. It's not a chore. I'm actually really enjoying it. I've, I'm I've been rereading the Harry Potter books because I had never finished them. Mm. So I'm, I'm doing that. And I'm, it is I'm, something that everyone should do if they have the ability. Yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I'm just hoping that when I reach the sixth book, for some reason, I can get past whatever it was that kept stopping me back in the day. You know, there there's probably never really been any novels that I haven't been able to finish if I've read it. It may have taken me a while. The exception of one, I never finished Infinite Jest, which is weird because I didn't dislike it. I just... It was a weird confluence of events that caused me to put a hiatus, and then it extended so long that for whatever reason I just never picked it back up. I've never heard of it. Uh, it was um, David Foster Wallace's masterwork. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, the next trailer is a doozy. Yes. This is one that we have been anticipating for quite some time and just it just happened <laughs> you gave me the oh my god text and it was like 30 some, minutes old at that point <laughs> yeah there was like an announcement a couple of weeks ago that was like oh like it's coming in and like it never happened and then i forgot about it and then all of a sudden it just showed up yesterday so of course we're talking about the trailer that within 24 hours i believe if i saw the number right it was viewed 104 million times <laughs> yes that, that's about right uh and that's captain marvel and oh my god God, am I excited! <laughs> it it's a it's a it's a damn good trailer. Yes, there's not a lot being shown. It's just enough to get you hyped, and it's just enough to kind of get a glimpse of what the story is going to be about. It and that's weird, all you need to be. It was weird because it was a lot longer than the typical first trailer type teaser. Mm -hmm. Um, despite the fact that it played out like an extended version of one of those. Yeah. Which is weird. I think they, I think they just kind of like joined up like that for like the first teaser and first trailer into one thing. That's what it seems like. To do it, so we'll yeah. get at least one more full trailer in a couple of months. I'm sure that'll probably tell us a little bit more. Maybe, but yeah, I'm for that's such a it, long though. trailer that showed us so many things, it didn't really tell us much. Right, and that's but that's kind of good because like you were they they've done a good enough job of like. You're interested already because it's in the news. That's that's like their one way of, of promoting this is like you're you're anticipating this movie coming up because you know it has a big deal to do with the next Avengers film. And we know that she was called by the end of the movie. And we're just like, so we're already invested. They really don't have to show us much. They know everyone's going to go see it. It's just like, oh, by the way, 
it's they're like here's this clip it's gonna be awesome <laughs> that's that's all like they, they showed her crashing through a blockbuster video and i was like you don't have to show me anything else well they did a great job of setting the stage with mm-hmm. it right because it's the blockbuster it's young samuel l jackson using a pager you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it's we've gotten it's like okay now i get what we're all about here like yep it's man i i I'm very excited, and I've uh, I was just talking to Al earlier about how I just rewatched most of Infinity War. Um, I didn't get the whole thing just yet, but man, I love these movies. They're just every time one of them is coming around, I'm I know that I'm in there for a good time. I'm not yes. going to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the most disappointing of the last five years is probably Guardians Two. And it was still very good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was, I enjoyed it too. It just, it felt like it missed the mark slightly. Well, I forgot exactly how it was put, but it was like one of the best completely forgettable movies of this year or whenever it came out. Yeah, like, that's, that's totally valid. <laughs> a fair way to say it. Like, it, I enjoyed it. It was good. There was plenty of good stuff that I liked about it. Uh, and it's it just it had such sky high expectations that it didn't sure. hit those while still soaring above anything that DC did. Oh my god! They keep showing up my newsfeed. They keep putting stories out there trying to get me to the read them, and I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Something was like, oh, the the Henry Cavill thing was a rumor. I was like, no, no, we hammered Cavill. It's over. <laughs> like he's done. <laughs> we're, we're I'm moving so, back. So I'm so glad that that showed up in that Ringer article. <laughs> I, not not the actual hashtag Hammer Cavill that we've been pushing. Oh my uh, God. If that happened, I would have literally dropped dead on the spot. I think we would just have to hang up. We'll just close up shop. We're done. We did it. <laughs> I think that's, we, we've gone viral at that point. But considering like every once in a while, like we'll talk about something in here and it's like something we've seen on the internet and we mm-hmm. kind of champion it as our own thing. That was a thing that I had in my own mind, complete, like not influenced by anything else. And then, like two or three weeks later, to see someone else who like actually matters in the world, yeah, um, <laughs> say it in a real article that was read by probably thousands of people. That was cool, so <laughs> quite awesome. So, I mean, I, there's not much else to say because we didn't really see much. But other than I'm just, I'm just jazzed up for this movie. I'm ready for it. March eighth, twenty nineteen. You better believe. Oh, that, I knew it was March. I couldn't remember the date. You better believe we're gonna be there. You better yeah. believe we're going to be there the next morning, too. That's how we roll. <laughs> Wait, really? We've only done that with uh, with Star Wars so far. You want to extend it to that? We didn't even do it for Infinity War. We didn't do it for Infinity War? I could have sworn we saw that twice in a row. I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. I think I might want to see this one twice in a row. <laughs> I don't know if I could have handled Infinity War twice in a row. It was, it, was a, it was a lot. It was one of those movies you did need to come down from. Yeah. That's fair. That's, yeah, we probably did. You know what? It's not that we saw. I thought we saw it twice. It, we didn't see it twice. It just lingered for that long a- after it ended. And it was a long ass movie, but yeah, it's heavy. It weighed on me. Yeah. Like it's a damn good movie. I really enjoy it. It's. I was while rewatching it. I realized like the pacing is a little fast up front, but and then it bogs down a little towards the middle or so. Yeah, but it kind of. I understand it though. Like they they. We've done enough intros. We've done enough character development. They're just diving right into the story. They have something yeah. interesting they want to do, so they're like, "Okay, let's 
let's set the stage as quickly as possible so that we can get deep into what we want to get into. And I'm okay well, the thing with is, that. it was completely unavoidable for what they're doing with how many people and how many storylines they're trying to weave together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it was one of the things where if you go in on the front end saying, I know that this thing is going to happen, that that sense of weight finally maybe being straining too much at the seams, it handled it as admirably as I could have hoped. Yeah. Because I, I feared that it would be way worse and more bloated than it was. That's Yeah, that's that's fair. They, they do, like I said, it's it's completely... Any any criticisms that I have in regards to that, I they're easily dismissed by everything else that I love about it. Especially the more and more I watch these things, the humor is just on point. There's these moments of levity during this just this terrible thing that's happening, and it's it really just makes it work. Yeah, like, there's a certain point in the movie, right, where it's like, okay, like the laughs shouldn't be available anymore. Yeah, and they still pepper one and two here and there, and it's like yeah. magic. Good cake. on you, because I don't know how you <laughs> managed that. I feel like we should be 100% stone cold serious at this point now, but maybe we needed that little little gallows humor. Yeah, it just it's just Disney at its finest. I feel. Man, or at least at least Marvel at its finest. Yeah, I do think that it's it's helped by by the Disney backing, especially that style that they have. Well, I think it's a big it's a big credit to to Kevin Feige and mm-hmm. just the framework that he's created. And I th- saw he was getting some award this week. Uh, I think it was Alfred Broccoli or Albert Broccoli, the guy who was big. I think I guess he must have been a big producer in general. He was the guy who was kind of helmed. Um, the start of the Bond franchise on screen, mm-hmm. um, and his family is still involved with it. I think. Yeah. Um, Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I watched the. I'll say about the second half, maybe a little more of Goldeneye the other night. Nice. It's been a while since I've seen it. Still so good. Take me to. Yes. That's an underrated. That's a really underrated movie, like of the Bond franchise. It depends on who you talk about. I I praise that one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I guess amongst maybe our generation, it wouldn't be. But I, I still feel like it's probably been forgotten to a certain extent. That's by a lot probably of people fair. Because of all the Craig stuff and the the fact that the Brosnan administration was kind of hit or miss. Um, I barely remember Tomorrow Never Dies because I've only seen it all the way through probably one time. Something with a motorcycle, a BMW motorcycle. That's, that's There's that's a chase scene through, I think it was Taiwan or Hong Kong on, on a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, no, the, 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 the MacGuffin in that one was a, um, a stealth Navy ship that I think had maybe had nuclear weapons on it. Hmm. Um, and it was, uh, like, I think it was a media tycoon was the big bad guy. It was Jonathan Price. Okay. Jonathan Price was... Man, the, you're making me want to rewatch this. Like the, Jonathan Price was the, the governor character in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Kieran Knightley's father in those movies. yeah. I don't know if you. I oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> I didn't sense recognition from gotcha. your end when I said it. Um, no, uh, you know what that was? That that distant look in my eyes was me trying to remember the rest of the movie, and I just okay. can't. <laughs> I thought it was you trying to place who that was. Um, and I enjoyed uh, The World Is Not Enough. Yeah, I remember that one a little bit more. 
Um, that one I've seen several times. That one also had not as good as the GoldenEye game, but a pretty good game. It was pretty good, yeah. There was a really great level that was on a plane. And you can go outside the plane. It was weird. I mean, okay. we, we disregard physics, but it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. The the shooting mechanics were a lot like were much more polished by then. Also, an interesting villain in that one played well by yeah. uh, Robert Carlyle, and he uh, he couldn't like feel right. Yeah, his whole thing was like that he was supposed to be assassinated, and the guy shot him in the head, and it like severed some nerve that he like couldn't feel pain or really right. anything. Um, and also kind of like jacked up his like strength. He kind of became like a berserker, but it was also one of those things where it was like, it was eventually going to kill him because the bullet was still in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. The question of how long it was going to take. It was going to take a really long time. And then was it die another day? Was that the, the fourth? Yes. Movie? Which isn't a great movie, but I've seen it a million times. So yeah. I've seen that movie of, way too many times. It's still, so it has kind of a soft spot with me because I've seen it so many times. Isn't there like a, it's like an ice palace in that movie. <laughs> I there, think. Was an ice, there was an Arctic ice palace, yes. There's a lot of diamonds involved. Yes, the whole thing diamonds was over. Diamonds in Holly Berry's belly button at some point. <laughs> that was one of the final scenes of the movie, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Vaguely remember uh, that. Yeah, Halle Berry's the Bond girl, so that was fairly memorable. Um, a good portrayal by the villain, even if I think the villain was kind of cheesy. Was the villain a girl? Um, Rosamund Pike was was a villain. That's her name. A villain. But she wasn't the main... Who was the main villain? Um, It was that British actor whose name I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a British actor whose name I can't remember who's, I'm sure, been another thing. Actually, I just saw something recently. I I think you just described all 40 Bond villains. (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) Uh, No, the problem I'm having is... Um, I just saw that this guy was going to be in something coming up or that he was in something else I didn't realize he was in. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Toby Stevens. Oh, he's in, what's it called? Isn't he the guy from that? Black Sails. Yeah, he's the main character in Black Sails. Let's take a look at this. Get a glimpse of this warlock. That pirate show on Showtime. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, and also he was in Lost in Spain. The, the wow. reboot that was made on Netflix uh, oh, this year. Okay. I thought you were saying he was in that that movie with Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was in the reboot that they just did on Netflix, which actually is supposed to be pretty good. Um, and he plays, I think, the father. So I'll check that out. We oh, should... that's what it was. I, he was in that that summary movie I was talking about last week, Hunter Killer. Oh, cool. I was like, I know. I, I was like, I feel like I saw that he was in something coming up, and I was like, oh, I didn't expect him to be in anything. Oh, you know what I remember about this movie? Now that I'm looking at it, is uh, it was sad because they had to replace Q because he passed. Yes. Well, and they had already in the movie prior to that been the... setting up his replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, in that one, John Cleese, I think he played R. Right. Right. He He's... was already like he was like his apprentice in the, in um the world is not enough, and he took over for him in Die him. Another Day. He's fantastic. They did a good job handing that off. Yes. I, Although then, I think a, that was the last one he was in, though, because they got rid of him for Casino Royale, and then they replaced... There they was recast. no Q in Casino Royale. No. And then they had Ben Weishaw play a young Q in... Right. The Well, he wasn't even in Quantum. He was in 
Um, the fuck is the name of the one that everyone loves? Uh, Skyfall. Yeah. You know what's interesting to me with those Bond movies? It's Casino Royale is like a is like starting over, right? It's like it's almost like a back to basics. It's he's very rough around the edges, still kind of working out the kinks as James Bond. Well, it was a true reboot, and it was the very first novel that Ian Fleming, right. sorry, Ian Fleming wrote. Um, What's interesting, though, is the is the casting for it because Judy Dench is in that, correct? Yes. So just like the the carryover of the she's character in all the first three of them. Yeah, but the carryover of that character, even though in the original movies, M was a man. It's it's just it's just like this weird disconnect because it's like it's almost like that um like we were talking like that that uh Mad Max like legend type thing. Yeah. But it's just it's just strange. Yeah, that's right. She was she was guest treated in that way kind of because she I think she was the longest tenured of the M's after it was all said and done. Um because there was more than one M when there even was an M in the other older yeah. movies. Um and she made it through. Or she made it through two bonds. I don't know if any of the other ones made it through more than two. But um, I don't think there was any who were in as many movies as she was. She was in what seven of them? Um, four Brosnans yeah. and three Craigs. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. That's that's a uh, that's funny. Never noticed that before. Cool. We should do a. Uh, I think we should do an episode on the four Brosnan Bond movies. Uh, like all together? Yeah, yeah. Nice little. Probably be a long one, but it'll be fun. It would be a fun one. That might be like one of those in-person ones we do over m- multiple rounds. <laughs> the funny thing about Goldeneye, I know this is now turning into a very long st- uh, segment on. It's fine. Fun <laughs> stuff that I did not anticipate us doing, but um, I remember really enjoying it as a kid. But it came out when I was quite young, and I feel like I saw it, and I like really stuck with me. And then I played the game a ton, but I didn't necessarily see the movie a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And I kind of forgot some stuff. It kind of became, you know, quote unquote, legend in my own mind. And from that jumping off point, saw a bunch of the older Bonds, the Bonds that, that yep. um, followed it and all that. Uh, and like maybe 10 years ago, I sat down and watched Goldeneye again for the first time since a couple of times when I was a kid. And I was like, holy shit, I don't think I've ever realized Bond, like, basically never really kills anyone in any of these movies. And when he does, like, he doesn't typically shoot them. It's usually some ridiculous death. Mm -hmm. And he shoots a million guys in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he kills kills them dead. You know what? I I always, for some reason, like, if I go back in my mind, if you were saying, like, what's some of the greatest action sequences or, like, thrilling sequences in action movies of all time? For whatever reason, him jumping off the dam will be one of the ones that pops into my mind. And it's not that it's not that crazy. But when you're a kid and you're watching Goldeneye, you're like, this is a badass thing to be doing. <laughs> also, it was right off the very top of the movie. It's the first yeah. thing we did. It was a hell of an opening. It, it, you know what it is? It's not that crazy of an actual stunt to do, but the way it's shot, it feels badass as hell. Yeah, he jumped off of that dam into the one of the best levels in multiplayer video gaming history <laughs> the facility rocks I freaking love that level <laughs> also that one sound that they do throughout the movie like at random ass times mm-hmm. should have won an oscar <laughs> just the, 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 yeah just a dark ominous tone but just that one tone and they use it in the games too in facility and everything like 
That one sound. That's so Great. good. I really want to rewatch those movies now. I really want to watch Tomorrow Never Dies because I am I am drawing a blank on everything. I'm hoping that it comes back to me, but I I don't know. The big scene from that one that I remember, you talk about like cool action sequences that stick with you, and it stuck with me because I never saw something like it before, was he goes through a whole car chase shootout thing through a multi-level parking garage. Yes. Sitting inside of his car. Laying but down. But he's laying down and yeah. using the touchpad and and not looking through the windshield because it's been shot up and he's doing it all on the screen on that handheld device mm-hmm. that was cool as hell to me in 1997 oh yeah absolutely I, that that I, that I remember the other thing i remember about that movie is the video game that was on playstation you i never know, played that one the other two were on n64 and that's where i yeah. played those but this this one wasn't it was it was on just, original playstation right? yeah and it's uh it's not I don't remember. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's very good. And it is a third person, I believe, over the shoulder type really? shooter. It's not first person, if I remember correctly. And I just remember being very disappointed, like at first. But then I, I probably had fun with it. I had, at that age, I had fun with any video game that I got my hands on. Didn't matter how bad it was. So it's probably true. That uh, I think that concludes Bombcast for this week. <laughs> uh, shall we? You have another. You have another trailer? No. Oh. Sorry, before you go into news, tenders, and nuggets, I have one thing that I came across just before the show that piqued my interest, <laughs> and that was that uh, Space Jam 2 is... there's. Oh, like, uh, that was that was my news. Okay, back back in the news, Space Jam 2. I, are you excited? I'm excited. I love Space Jam. <laughs> um, I mean, a little bit. I, I really don't like LeBron that much, um, mm. but I, I just like the whole idea of it is entertaining i'll i'll probably be excited to see it and i just i really i found interesting was they had some heavy hitters involved with it mm-hmm. um namely ryan coogler yeah. is producing it pretty sweet. and uh they they announced the director too it's uh well the guy's last name is nance i didn't recognize the name but i think he's done something else on hbo what you may not know is that space jam holds a special place in my heart because like evolution and blue streak Space Jam is one of those movies that we played on repeat at the pizzeria. <laughs> and what you might not remember about Space Jam, it's about five minutes long. So in the movie on loop, you see it 20 times during during the day if you have it on repeat while you're working for a 12-hour shift. <laughs> we call it challenge. I feel like it was slightly longer than five minutes. That'd be at least nine minutes long. <laughs> Minimum. Is it really that short? It's been a long it's, time since I've it's, seen it. I'm pretty sure it's... It's barely a movie. Um, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I'm curious, but I, I'm, uh, I, I'm excited. It's been I, like I, I've seen it a bunch of times, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Wayne Knight, I love that Wayne Knight's in that movie. Oh yeah, hour and twenty eight minutes. Not a, not even a full hour and a half. Nope, <laughs> just missed it. <laughs> uh, uh, when we were we were watching it one day uh, during work, and <laughs> Matt. One of the guys that we worked with, it was me, Matt, and Brian that were there all day. And he goes, he just like stopped like what he was doing. And he goes, hey, do you ever realize that for this entire movie filming, it's just Michael Jordan just kind of leaning down, talking to nothing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's what the filming of this movie was. And it blew my mind. I was like, oh, that's a good actor. <laughs> In this tune world, I'm excited. Well, when that comes out, we'll, uh, I'm going to be all over it. I mean, it's been long rumored that they were going to do this. Like, it's been 
Yeah. Easily four or five years. But just the fact that it's back in the news means like, oh, 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 they didn't forget. Oh, because it was finally real news. Like they're yeah. going ahead. And now I guess they still said that um, it's subject to LeBron approving the script of him, him actually joining up with it. So, but, but still, I imagine I, I was looking at his Terrence Nance is the guy who's directing it, who I, I think the two of them are working on something together for HBO. He's done some other stuff too. But I'm guessing with with these with him and Kugler um, on board, LeBron will probably feel that he he'll feel a responsibility to do it. Mm. May yeah. take some time, but it's possible. Sweet. Let's move on to your nuggets. It's gonna turn into like a full meal eventually. Like okay. you know, you said no, no. We got tenders, nuggets. Uh, it's gonna be like you know, there's gonna be a side of fries eventually. Like uh, you want fries with a super size it. Let's start with the nugget because I think you'll find it of particular interest. You may have already seen it. You probably have already seen it, but I just saw someone offhand tweet about it today. Um, and it was that the Kevin Smith vehicle, Fat Man on Batman, was being renamed Fat Man Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And that gave me a pretty good chuckle because he's been having a pretty good time with his whole health issues, yep. losing all the weight, looking like a completely different person now. Like, he uh, he actually made a post about that a while back. He was did like, he? "Thanks for not like suing me <laughs> for, for using Fat Man on Batman because like I had no right to use that man in my title." <laughs> it's pretty, is it, pretty is it, great. It's, it's it's what eighty years old or so? Like it's is it not um fair use at this point? I, I I don't know how it works. I mean, they're still making movies. Somebody's got got those rights locked up. Warner Brothers. I don't know. I don't That's know how good. It works. Um. <laughs> and who who really knows how this stuff works? <laughs> Let's be serious. But yeah, Fat uh, Fat Man Beyond is a is a pretty great upgrade. Yes, I found that to be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never listened to that show, there's a uh, there's there's some gems on there. I I haven't been keeping up with it as much as I used to, but uh, there's I, I I find everything that he does to be entertaining. I could just listen to the man talk for hours. I know you're a huge fan. I'm less so, but I, I still find I find the character that is him mm -hmm. to be a bit much. Not that like I like strongly dislike him, but it's just kind of like a, okay, yeah, you, I get it. Like you're, like you're you. Yep. You know, have fun being you. Uh, I just don't care. I understand um, that. But like I've enjoyed the View Universe and all that stuff. Those movies are good. They're entertaining. I've watched. Did you just say a Skew Universe? <laughs> I believe that's what it's called. Is it not? Well. I don't know. I don't know. I had never heard that. View Askew is like the production company, I believe. Yeah, the the the, the movies that that are in. I've series. never heard it called that, and I thought that was brilliant. And so the you and can the, just take that as MC. your brainchild. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, but I I, uh, I did not invent that. Um, no, I what I wanted to call it the New Jersey series, and I was looking up stuff about it for another episode we were doing because I had a note about it, and I stumbled upon the fact that it's called. The View Universe. Mm. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. In, in the same way that you have the MCU and the DCEU as the View Universe. I dig it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I enjoy those movies like Clerks. I, I've honestly, I'm a little bit like I've seen the first Clerks. I really don't remember it that well, honestly. I've only seen uh, it the one time. I've seen Mallrats the most of all of them by I far. I love Mallrats. I See, love them all, but uh, probably ten one. times. Uh, that movie entertains the hell out of me. The that movie will to this day. It has one of my favorite lines. It's my favorite lines in movie history, and it's 
it's Brody mid conversation saying, and that kid, like he's being talked to and he just stops. That kid is back on the escalator. Again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's just perfect. It's so fitting because it's like you're paying attention to everything going on. It's nicely tied up. It's almost like that comedian coming back and like recapping the joke. It's, yeah. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. But yeah, Clerks is always know, a special place. You guys, know, you guys know my, um, my not so strong relationship with chasing Amy. I've mentioned it several times. Well, mm-hmm. certainly to you. And I think on the show, um, and all those movies don't really age well. And that one ages the least well and was my least favorite to begin with. Yeah. Because it featured most heavily, um, Ben Affleck in it. Your favorite actor uh, of all time. My least favorite actor of all time. <laughs> and, uh, it's not, I've rewatched probably 80% of it recently. I think I t- might've told you and it's still, uh, overall, I may have hated it slightly less, but I still pretty strongly dislike that movie. Actually, yeah, I didn't expect you to come around on that one. I I really enjoy that, but still enjoy Clerks too, though. I saw some of that. Oh my god, that that one is just laugh out loud, like almost nonstop. My my brother loves. I don't even think he's seen all the other ones, but he loves Jay and Pop, Silent Bob Strike Back. It's. It's grown on me over the years. That was always like the one for me that I was just like, meh. But I've rewatched it a couple times, and it it is it is quite funny. Tracy Morgan in that movie is actually hysterical. He's not in it for very long. He's got like one. Scene. I forgot that he was in that actually. Pumpkin Escobar is the name that is he that gives. His name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Kevin Smith tells a story about that about how he he named, he let it, he picked that name for himself for his character that didn't have a name. <laughs> well that seems like as good a way and a time but most especially a way to segue into my final um nugget Mm. i guess this would be a tender um i brewed beer this weekend yes and it was coming (laughs) since you mentioned pumpkin escobar figured it was a good time because it is the pumpkin beer we're doing for your pumpkin beer tasting thank god very although i guess i should clarify it's not actually a pumpkin beer it's a pumpkin ish beer mm. <laughs> less so, interested <laughs> not that's not true so let's have a little let's have a little education time <laughs> pumpkin beer start coming out mid-august really get full swing by the beginning of september mm-hmm. so it turns out that pumpkin season comes after that I know this is shocking to you all who carve your pumpkins in October for, for jack-o'-lanterns. Oh wait, it's not shocking to you. That's when pumpkin season is. Uh, so what happens is all those <laughs> beers that they make to get out ahead of time, they brew making they brew they brew with canned pumpkin mm. from the season before. Okay. Which, if it's a good brewery, they'll use good canned pumpkin. It'll be it won't be seasoned or spiced or using gross preservatives. It's just properly. Sure. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll still be real pumpkin, but it's not fresh real pumpkin. Um, I did not know that when I went pumpkin hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I had some guidance from a friend of the podcast, Josh, who gave me an assist in the making of this beer. As I well. just like this thought of you just out on the prowl. Looking for pumpkins, just <laughs> failing miserably. <laughs> I was kind of no, so I went to a farmer's market near here yeah. and I was talking to the person with the biggest stand who had the most 
most produce there. And they're like, yeah, the pumpkins are really not in season. Pumpkin beers, they don't use pumpkin in season um, because it would come out in like November, December if they did it that way. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. Hmm. So I was like, well, do you have anything I could use? Any other squash? So I ended up using a couple of acorn squash mm-hmm. and a kabucha, which I had never heard of before. Looks exactly like a pumpkin if it was a little shorter and squatter. Okay. But dark green instead of orange huh. on the outside. Interesting. Um, you've probably seen acorn squash, whether you realize it or not. They're the ones that look exactly like a teeny little pumpkin. Uh, how do you spell this squash? Um, it's not kombucha, no, which I'm, is, I'm guessing it's C-A-B-O-C-O, oh, sorry, no, K-A-B-O-C-H-A. K-A-B-O-C-H-A. I Got think it. so. I'm looking one of these suckers up. I'm curious. Huh. That's a funny looking thing. Yeah. Gourds, am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I used one of those and two acorn squash, and uh, so me and Josh roasted up all of that goodness, and uh, we decided to, you know, taste it, see what flavors we're going to get sure. coming out of this. We tasted the kabocha first, kabucha. I'm actually not 100% sure how to pronounce it, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, that's really good. It's sweet. It tastes like pumpkin, but like much sweeter. Hmm. Uh, I was like, man, if you, you know, so take that in a little oil, a little salt and pepper, mm, it'd be delicious. Nice. Okay. Um, and then I tasted the acorns. I tasted the acorn squash, much less sweet, much mm-hmm. more tasting like squash. Yep. Still good, just a very different flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, closer, probably, to what a pumpkin really tastes like. Right. Um, because I guess most pumpkin doesn't have a ton of sugar content. Some of them do. Um, the ones that they use, that you use for like jack-o'-lanterns are not actually really that great for um, beer making or um, pumpkin pie making because okay. they're not particularly sweet. So we roasted that up, mashed it all up, divided it into thirds, and then I put a little bit in the mash of the beer. I put a little bit of it in the boil with the hops and some spices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a third of it that will go into the fermenter this weekend for uh, instead of dry hopping, I'm dry pumpkining. Nice. Um, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, that'll be ready um, by mid-October. So it will be Just ready for your event. Wonderful. Hopefully it'll be good. I hope so. I, I, I I'm did sure. Get, I did get to taste it a little bit, um, which I don't typically taste it um, when I first brew it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had like dip like the thermometer make sure it's ready for me to pitch the yeast and um i was like oh it's ready to go and it was outside and i had to bring it inside so i pulled the thermometer out and i was like i'm gonna snap it if i carry it with things so i popped it into my mouth while i was carrying <laughs> huge kettles like hmm, that's delicious uh now it was also much sweeter than it'll sure. be the finished product because all the sugars are there rather than having been um eaten fermented by the yeast yeah. so but okay. it tasted good, and I could taste the pumpkin. The thing I was worried about is I didn't want to just do another generic ale or even lager. I haven't really upgraded to the capability to do lagers um, with pumpkin in it, and I didn't want it to be just a pumpkin spice thing. Though we did spice it. It has cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, ginger, and coriander that is spicing it. 
Nice. Um, so I used my porter recipe that I had done, I think it was earlier this year, that I thought was probably my best beer that I've done. I think you said you enjoyed that, that one. Yeah, that was um, solid. So I did that with uh, pumpkin-ish stuff. So it's the pumpkin-ish porter. I like it. I like it. That's This is going to be great. <laughs> I'm very excited. Me too. Awesome. Well, I, my, the only down note about it was... The only downnote about it was that um, it didn't yield the volume I expected, but I had huh. some boil over issues. Um, it basically exploded. Uh, <laughs> it turned inside out. Well, no, what and happened? Then it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> no, what happened was I um, was extracting everything, getting ready for the boil, and I was like, oh, we ended up with a lot more volume than I expected. And Josh was like, is that okay? I was like, oh, yeah, it's just going to make a mess. But we're not doing it on a stovetop, so whatever. Like I'll just spray down the, the driveway. So I ended up with significantly more to start with than I usually did. And some of it bubbled over. And then when it stopped bubbling over, it's like, oh, okay. Still got a ton of beer. And then somehow down the line, eventually a much more of it boiled off than it usually does. So hmm. whatever. It's it's not really a big deal. It's just that there's going to be less of it sure. than I should have had. Which, not the end of the world, just a mild disappointment. You made it a limited edition. I see what you did. <laughs> Nice. Well done. Very excited to see where this uh, where this one goes. You too. Awesome. Any anything else? Any other nuggets before we dive into our flick of the week? No, that's it. So here we are. We've arrived at 2018's The Predator, not to be confused with Predator. <laughs> not to be not to be confused with Predator Two, but the or Predator. Not to be confused with Predators either. God damn it. How could I forget? That was, not, I mean, you're not going to confuse it with Predator 2. You might confuse it with Predator. But that's, you could also confuse it with Predators. I think it would be very fair to confuse this one with Predators. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that, putting that aside for a second. The Predator movie came out like last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was. I've been excited for this one. Uh, just figure, I, I, don't, I didn't expect it to be great. I expected it to be fun. This movie is... It's bad. It's a bad movie. It's entertaining. But it's a bad movie. Okay. <laughs> you had me a little worried there because objectively, it's probably not a great movie. You're right. Don't get but I enjoyed the hell out of watching it. I had a very good time. I, I'm i just going to throw it out here now. I'm ready for a sequel. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun watching the movie, man. Okay, I I did too. I had fun with it. Now I have notes. I but have it's... notes about how bad it is in some. <laughs> um, but I actually thought some of it was good too. The thing is, um, what what I liked about it is it's a throwback to kind of some stuff we talked about recently to older big dumb action movies that don't yes. get made. Yeah, which is and it leans into it. You know what I mean? It's a movie that takes itself serious in moments, when moments where they had to get serious stuff done, but mostly leans into being big and dumb. But okay, so here's what my biggest issue with it is that I'm okay with that, with what you're saying, leaning into it, making it that dumb action movie, making it that you know, 30 seconds of zooming in on the two guys' biceps as they embrace. I, you know, I, let, let's just talk about that for a minute because okay. I saw something online recently and I was like, I always get a kick out of, the, there's an internet culture that's been, that's surrounded that scene. Yeah. And that 
like making of movies. And I was rewatching the scene and I noticed something a little odd. So I rewatched the scene a couple more times. You know, it's 30 or 45 seconds long, whatever. It's not just that they do that clasp and then they zoom in on the biceps. If you rewatch the scene, it starts with Carl Weathers sitting down and he stands up, puffs out his chest and yep. starts swaggering yeah. over. He's towards, peacocking. <laughs> peacocking towards Arnold. But if you're watching close, you're watching him. You gotta let him fly. <laughs> if you watch closely as he's walking over, the camera's on him from the front. Then it pivots around to from to see him from behind, so you can see Arnold just past him as he's walking towards him, and then it shows the clasp of the hands. Mm-hmm. When he gets up, when he's sitting down, stands up and he starts walking. Is all one continuous shot. Okay. If you look at him wearing this tight white shirt, the sleeve is rolled down to the elbow. <laughs> then, when they cut to the scene of him walking and you're seeing him from behind, the sleeve has clearly been rolled up to mid-bicep. 10 out of 10, cinematic masterpiece. The and the, the sleeve is rolled up all the way so the bicep is fully exposed. <laughs> when the scene started, his bicep is completely covered by sleeve. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's wonderful. You're making me want to go rewatch the whole thing. You don't have to watch the movie again, which I wanted to see before we did this, because I know I there do, were a couple. I do of, have to rewatch the movie again. There was a couple of references, and I'm sure. I, well, I caught some. I probably missed some other ones sure. in this, which I I like that they did it, but they didn't do it super over the top. Other than the one cheesy, that's one beautiful motherfucker. But it was also kind of perfect. And get to the choppers. And get to the choppers, which yeah. also perfect. Yeah, it was. It was okay. It's here's here's what my problem was. Like I said, you, you want to lean into it. You want to go all out. You want to make this that '90s movie or that eight, late '80s, early '90s, whatever it was. I think, the, I think the first one was late '80s. I late think the 80s. second one was early '90s. Go for it. Do that. Make it like dive all the way in. But what they, my issue comes with all of the half steps that they took, where they seemed indecisive on whether or not they wanted to fully go that route, where they tried to give the the characters compelling backstories that they actually, to their credit. Could have been some good storytelling there, they, but they they half did it. If you if you either go all in or don't do it, that was. I didn't experience it that way. I don't know. That was. I, I just I had a problem with that. Like the these. I liked the idea of like the loonies and I liked their backstories. I thought that was interesting. But I want I wanted to see them embrace it a little bit more. But like when you mix that with with going over the top, it makes that like there were some serious stories where is what like their backgrounds were. Like the see, guy I disagree that because at killing himself. The guy that is like torn up by having all these confirmed kills, and like there's some interesting underlying stories there, but they're not trying to make a serious movie, and they're putting some serious elements into it, and it that was jarring for me. I, I didn't think so because I thought that they they meted it out properly, where it was yeah. like, okay, we're doing a little serious stuff. It'll be just two minutes, and we're moving on. You know what I mean? It didn't mm-hmm. drag, and it didn't get too mixed up and when they did get too deep and dark you had a joke to pull you back out i thought that stuff was paced pretty well and i thought there was too many characters to have to go into all the stuff so maybe you can make a case for maybe eliminating a character or two um from the loonies but i think they they gave you the backstory and everyone like they do this scene where everyone introduces themselves and they do it quick right and the stuff yeah. that actually mattered that was what they followed back on. So if you realize they sure. only did that with half the characters. No, no, I yeah, I I, I see that. My problem was 
that some of the stuff that they were that they were giving them as backstories were a little too realistic and it just clashed with like the nonsense nature of the rest of the movie it, it, i guess so except down. that it ended up I, I would agree with that except that the three characters that they chose to delve a little deeper in it wasn't just doing it for doing its sake mm-hmm. it all ended up coming back into the story eventually sure it all tied itself together so because it ended up having a complete start middle point end i thought it was fine hmm it just didn't, for whatever reason, it just didn't sit right with me. Okay, but, I mean, I could, I could, I could see you feeling nothing for it, but I wouldn't use it as something to knock it. Is I guess where I'm disagreeing yeah. with you on. Yeah, that's that's fine. I I do because I just feel like it's for me. It's missing the mark a little bit. It's like it's pick which way you want to go, but that's the way that I saw it. Mm. Uh, but I was like, like you said though, I had fun. There was time, like there was. I saw this movie with my buddy Chris and. At least, I don't know, 30 times, I just, like, looked over at him in awe. <laughs> looked back, I was like, this is bad. This is bad. It's fun. It's bad. <laughs> there's just, there's a lot of nonsense going on here, and some of it is hysterical. And one of the, one thing in particular that I loved about it was Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> he was playing a very different role from, admittedly, the very small bit of his acting that I know. I've seen little clips of him on This Is Us. Yeah. Which this is a jarring change from. Sure. And then there was his, like, two big scenes in Black Panther. That's really all I've seen of him. Hotel Artemis. I completely forgot he was in that. (laughs) It was still very different from that role, too, then. Yeah, no, for sure. There's one, there's a, here's another thing that I'm talking about, though, like, it seems like they, they, they put a lot of stuff in. Maybe there's a lot of things that they could have explored and then they didn't, which is which is fine. That's going to happen in a lot of cases. But there is just like too many of them. Like there's some strange things that I'm picking up on because I'm looking for like, oh, like paying attention to all these details. One of them in particular, very simple, very dumb. Doesn't matter at all. Doesn't actually bother me that it doesn't go anywhere or mean anything. But early, the, early on when you see him in the movie, he's like popping like nicotine gum. Was it nicotine gum? I think so. I, I I tried to catch a glimpse of it when they showed the actual packaging on screen for like a split second. That's what it looked like to me. But he's okay. like, he's popping the gum and he's doing it a lot and like like way too much in that scene. <laughs> and I was like, the way that they focused on it with the camera for a second, the way that they kept that in frame for so long, I was like, how is this going to come back? And it doesn't. And sure, that happens. From well, it's just that he's chewing gum throughout the course of the movie. I guess, but it's just, there was no real reason behind it. I don't know. I looked at it as this guy's clearly a control freak and mm-hmm. kind of organized chaos throughout the course of the movie, and that seemed like the one. It was a tick. It was the one thing he couldn't control. That's 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 a good assessment. I feel like you're giving them a lot of credit with that because I don't. No, think I that's... I think that's a hundred percent what it is. I don't think that's like a deep dive reading like that. That's. It was like it was a bit of characterization of him. This movie is is bad in some ways, but it uh, it's sharp in a, in a lot of other ways. Some of the script is sharp when it cares to be. It's there's elements of this movie that are quite sharp, actually. That's why I was saying the thing like you're dinging the the whole backstory thing. I, I think it was that was something that was carefully done. Like that was something that they I, yeah. I completely, they, it's funny. I just completely disagree. 
Well, I, you disagreed with how they did it, but I, 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 I think it was done fairly well because, like I said, of the way it all tied together, it was cohesive start to finish with how they did it all. And well, the other, I think the other part that really kind of kills me that I couldn't really place my finger on why I really didn't care for the lead. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm not a really a, much a fan of him in general. Like I, I, I nothing him. I don't dislike him. Sure. I don't like him. The only thing I've really really seen him in was Logan. Right. Um, I kind of nothing him. He's not a strong lead. No, no, I didn't think so. He was it, better suited to the role in Logan. I do want a Coil and what's his and Baxley. A Coil and Baxley buddy comedy. I would really love to see that movie. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing. We're still pre-spoilers now, right? Yeah. I, I just want to be sure so that neither of us... Um, Do you want to dive think... in so we don't worry about it? No, uh, that's... We don't have to yet. Um, okay. No, I just... So we don't accidentally... We don't sure. typically talk this long before we do it, so I don't want sure. us to like get that we didn't do it. No, uh, what I was going to say is what made this movie pretty strong and pretty enjoyable was there's unreal chemistry amongst the main cast of this movie, mostly amongst the loonies. Yes. Those guys play off each other incredibly. That, I, that I'll agree with. Like, better than they have a reason to. And that's why I'm saying that some of this is pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Those well, guys all cast very well. They all performed very well. The lines are snappy. You can tell where there's probably some improvisation, some that's definitely written lines. All of the stuff where they are just riffing on each other mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah, that, that stuff was great. And you are right. They did. They had tremendous chemistry. And that's where those backstories do come into play because they all have like a, a they all have something kind of traumatizing that like they've gone through that puts them where they are now. My problem was I would like maybe maybe it's the flaws they they gave them too like it was too good of a thing like that. It just didn't fit because like I would I would have wanted more out of it based on what they were telling me. I would like to have seen more or heard more about it. It's it's just weird. I thought they gave you just the right amount because if they did any more, this becomes a very different movie. Uh, that's and that's fair, but that's like this movie it has an identity crisis Ryan. in that though. What it has it like it almost it's almost they made it too good for those things where it kind of that's where it creates this. I don't know which way they're going with it, and it's it's off putting for me throughout the movie. Well, I will say one thing, and I'm sure other people are more equipped to to make this point. In fact, I'm sure my cousin Mike will probably be nodding along with me um, as he's listening to this because he, I'm pretty sure, is a big fan of Shane Black's work. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe I've heard him talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang several times, and I'm pretty sure he made that. Um, it's Shane Black's stated mission to make you uncomfortable with his movies. Mm. So I think some of it is by design. Now, some of it, I think, in some ways in this movie was sloppily executed. But uh, they're trying to, he's trying to make you uncomfortable, is my understanding of his work. In it's, more ways than one. Yeah, I don't know. For, for whatever reason, though, it doesn't feel like I could see that being a thing that a director would do or a writer would do. But for me, it just felt like it was these things that did make me it's not that I was uncomfortable. They were kind of just jarring because well, I'll, thematically I'll give they you, clashed. I'll give you an instant. Let's, let's, let's raise the veil. Okay. We're going to get to spoilers now because there's one thing I saw. Um, I actually read this before I saw the movie, but it wasn't a spoiler for me because I had basically forgotten by the time the scene came up. Then once I saw the scene, I was like, Oh, that's what they were talking about. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so the scene where on Halloween, he's wearing the mask, the kids wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. And that one guy on the balcony just gets 
blown away. Yeah. Like that, from what I understand, is is a text like a page out of the Shane Black yeah. uh, book. Is like that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Where it's that, like, and that that one that makes sense. I get that. And I actually I did I, I kind of find the humor and the uncomfortable nature of that because it happens. You're like that was awesome. That's weird. That kid just kind of killed someone. Yep. <laughs> and then you're like, well, okay, the kid didn't do it, right? But damn it, Shane Black did. Right. <laughs> And like that guy was a douche, but not a get annihilated level douche. <laughs> you know what's funny is right before that happened, I was like, man, I hope this thing comes alive and just kills those two bullies. And then for whatever reason, I was I was like, oh, that guy on the balcony was just just living his life. <laughs> well, no, he still spiked a can off the kid. Yeah, he's, the I mean, he's can. a dick, but he's not as big of a dick as those two little shits. Sure, but I mean, like again, those kids also didn't deserve to die. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But for some reason, my mind was, was going to be okay with that. Not gruesome death. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so um, this, I mean, stuff like that. Stuff of like the specifics of the characters, or like the the like the probably a, a scene where it went significantly too far. The whole thing with the Tom Jane character, um, yeah. the Tourette's thing, mm-hmm. is like a very obvious like version of that and a lot of it was played for good last but the scene where she's gonna leave the hotel room and he says what is it eat your pussy like that was weak like that was unnecessary yeah like that's um, like where it's like you've drawn the line and this is where you're gonna push people up to and you finally crossed it with that mm-hmm. i think probably that was really the only time that they did but that that wasn't necessary that that probably could have not made it to final cut yeah it was it was kind of dumb the but the two of them playing off each other the whole movie is hysterical. I know, and that's why I wanted to get to the spoilers part. Um, talking about this stuff like like working or not working. The two of their story, how it all comes where it's like you hear their two separate stories and you realize how it all dovetails together, how important it is that the two of them were together. Just the way that they're connected, is that was really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the, the suicide pact, got super ridiculous at the end. But yeah. everything leading up to that moment, even the moment just like before they actually haul off and shoot each other, mm-hmm. like just the scene with the two of them, like one of them sacrificing themselves to save the other, both of them not coming out of it alive in the end. It was, it was good storytelling. Yeah, like, I, I will say that those two characters are the exception to the issues that I've had with it. Well, no, I... Because I, I thought that the the whole storyline with um with Trevante Rhodes, uh, Nebraska Williams, mm-hmm. I thought his was well too. The thing is, the dismount on his telling him the story when they're at the hotel when they're sitting outside at the bar or whatever, um, almost slightly clumsy in how he rushes it out. Yeah, but it was one of those things where like I forgave it because I could see that might be how you would try and like I have to say the thing. But I want to like power right through and just get past. We're on to the next thing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And what he does, the lengths he goes through to try and make it right to, you know, I that I didn't have. I had a cause that I couldn't follow anymore. That I tried to end it all, and now I found the cause that's worth it, and I'll end it all for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I again, I thought it was pretty good storytelling. It's yeah, it's fine. It's just. I don't know what it was about those other st- like they, for whatever reason the the Keegan Michael Key and Thomas Jane one. There's enough of the whole story for me there that I actually enjoyed their relationship start to finish. I got their their chemistry worked really well on screen. Everything that was written for them did like it was 
true to the character that you see from the first time you see them on screen. Like it worked the whole way through. And then these other characters, I, I maybe it was a chemistry issue, but f- like I said, it seems like it could have. It's weird. You have to you have to find the balance, and I can see it being difficult. I'm not I'm not knocking them for the like for trying, but they could have dove into these things and made them a little bit more fleshed out and really explored those stories a little bit more between them. But it would have been very counter to everything else going on in the movie. And that's that is where you have to kind of draw that line. But I almost feel like then don't make it so don't make their sto- their backstory so serious or so. Well, I think that's why I think they picked and choose, right? You didn't really get much more than the surface read of Lynch and Nettles because they were the less interesting characters. They're the less important characters. Yeah, they could have just not been there. Um, I think you could have made them one character. Like, especially Probably. Nettles felt superflu- superflu- ugh, superfluous. Yeah. Um, not that he didn't fit in with the group. Just overall, the character they... felt extraneous to everything that was going on they wanted to have a couple more semi-meaningful deaths on scene on probably um and that's actually something that i found kind of interesting um was because he has a brush with death fairly early or at least much earlier than anyone else yeah and survives and i was like he's ripped out of the van yeah i was like oh i kind of figured like that made sense like he's been the least essential of the members now's the time to kind of start to cull the herd as well as give them, you know, further motivation, right? You sharpen it. Plus you give, you know, read, start, start to redistribute screen time and lines amongst and, uh, everyone. And then he survives. I was like, okay. Like, and then we get onto the movie and we get through 90% of the movie without any of the main characters dying. And at that point I was like, Oh, I guess all or most of them are probably going to, and Nope, they've all died in an eight minute span now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it goes their- south fast. They all had their moment in the sun, but it got so close to the end that I just assumed at that point that all or most of them were going to survive. Yeah, I got that feeling, which, too. if you told me that from the beginning of the movie, I would be like, yeah, no. that like Those guys are set up to be cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, what they were, it just kind of a – I don't know if it was a fake out so much or if it was just the idea of, wow, these guys nailed it so well together on screen that I feel bad getting rid of them. I want to – milk every bit that i can of that on screen yeah <laughs> the false sense of security oh oh we're at like we got like 15 minutes left huh they're all still okay okay oh yep yep there's an okay well wow we're just gonna knock them off real quick right now uh one of my favorites which i had to i thought i saw something wasn't 100 percent certain of it and then realized the character didn't show up again. I was like, I guess I did see that. And that is when Sterling Gabe Brown's character dies in this movie. Yeah, I was a little confused at first, too, because it it didn't happen off screen, but the camera wasn't focused on him. No. Really. No. Which is weird. And it was like <laughs> a weird angle. And it was so sudden. And like he got his head blown off. So you couldn't even really verify it was him. Right. And I was just like, wait, did that just. Yeah, yeah, that's he the, ex- fucking, that's the exact him. thing that just happened. That that's exactly how I played it out, and then I was like, no, and then I was like, and then when he didn't come back and he wasn't back on screen, like till the end of the, like tor- like at all for the rest of the movie, I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, they they did that. Well, what happened was I was confused. I was like, wait, did that? Because she's like heads up, and like he was like starting to actually like do stuff like during that whole encounter, yeah. right? Because he had the the shoulder mounted thing rigged onto him and everything like that. Yeah, and it was 
he got popped from the side, right? And got his head blown off and he falls to his side and he starts to roll and you see the rigging on him. I was like, oh shit, that was him. To be like to be clear though, if I understood what happened correctly, it was his gun that shot his head off. It targeted the predator through him and it shot his face off. Uh are you and sure? The reason why I that's it, that's what I thought I saw at first, and then if you think back earlier on, he goes when he picks up that predator cannon, the guy's like, "You better be careful with that thing." Pretty okay. sure that's intentional, and I I do I think he blew his own head off. <laughs> it happened so fast, and he was so far away on the screen that I wasn't sure. Um, but I because the thing that happens right before that is, um, and I. Uh, with Casey, Olivia Munn's character, mm-hmm. she screams, watch out, and yeah. then he dies immediately after. Right. So I assumed he just didn't watch out. It was like when you say heads up to someone, when yeah. they should probably fill up. I, I think what happened when she, I think what she was recognizing was the thing turned. That's, that's, oh. I could be completely wrong about this. That's I what I thought I saw. I have scene because it happened so suddenly <laughs> that I couldn't I quite process everything. It was so fast that I was just like, because Because oh, the super predator had one of those two. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, we have to we'll have to rewatch that scene because I'm I'm fairly certain that's what happened. <laughs> uh, it might be a more entertaining like read of the scene if, if that is the case. Yeah. Um, I I don't have yeah I, I'm not sure which one uh, my the way I processed it was that he got popped and it was just like so like jarring like spur of the moment I was like oh oh yeah that just happened like yeah. <laughs> that's so funny you know what's really funny one of my Probably my absolute favorite scene because uh, Chris and I were just kind of hysterical over this for a second. There's a, towards the end where um, what's Trigger? Is that Sterling K. Brown's character's name? Trigger. Trigger? Trigger? Anyway, his character's got the kid and they're going onto the ship. And he's outside the ship. The, kid's, the kid is uh, doing his thing, getting the door open. It's I don't remember if it's light or dark out. I think it's getting kind of dark. I don't fully recall. No, because it's yeah. lighter later on, isn't it? There was a very fast passage of time. Okay, so it was it dark? No, no. You know what? No, it was it was dark. It was nighttime. It, they just had like floodlights. Okay, so it's it's dark. Because then they run through the woods, and there are no more floodlights anymore. And then the sun rises later. Right. On. Thank you. Okay, that's exa- perfect. So this it makes it even better then, because I could swear. That when they were outside of the ship, it was dark out. And I knew for a fact that he didn't have sunglasses on. And the door opens on the ship, and he has sunglasses on. And I turn to Chris, and I go, why has he got sunglasses on? And then he gets them, he, he takes a few steps forward, and he dramatically takes them off his face. And we both went, uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason was so that he could take them off. <laughs> and, it yes. was, and that... My favorite scene of the movie. <laughs> it just I don't know. There, there was some pretty good scenes in this. Um, the I did not expect it just to be just an explosive, literally explosive opening. And there was cool, like the, the fucking like wormhole things, like opening. That ships, was like, awesome. Pop, I liked that a lot. Popping out, like like yeah. super like in meteorist like type of situation. You had you know this like dogfight in the air. You had this whole like hit squad thing going on on the ground and all comes together there's a little classic you know invisible predator action that goes on um the way that they did like the first reveal of the predator was 
wild with the the guts pouring yeah. onto his face while he's like unconscious or whatever. It was like that's fucking badass. That was that was pretty good. I I do love that we get the uh, the scene, the close quarters, like in the lab scene with the alien that breaks loose, like that. Those scenes are always so intense, and I really enjoy that. It does, although it brings back a trope that always pisses me off so much, where it's like, you know that this dude is a badass. Like, can we get better restraints? Right. There's no reason that anything that's ever if you if you have the foresight to strap something down, you should have an idea of the capabilities of the thing that. It shouldn't be able to just be like, pop, I'm out yeah. now. Like, you're not good at your jobs. And I don't believe that because all of you guys are really smart and you've been working with <laughs> these things in the past. You know what they're capable of. It's a, it's such a classic thing. He's on a sedative. Oh, okay. So that's going to wear off any minute now. Yes. <laughs> Which, that part of it, totally understand. Yep. But there should be something that happens that, like, one of his hands gets free by some freaky accident or yeah. something. Yeah. Or like he finds a way to pick it and they don't realize he's awake type of deal. I'm, I'm with you. That would and that would make it more, even more intense. breaks free from there. I hate the, oh, this thing's badass. We better strap it down. And then the the, the straps are laughably incompetent at keeping yeah. the thing down. But, well, I also think what I love it's about just lazy. that is – Yeah, it is. It's absolutely lazy. What I love about that even more though is just to – how can we make this as bad as possible – Let's loosely strap him down in the middle of the room, of the room where everybody is. Not not some secluded like cell. Oh yeah, it's always like some sort of like amphitheater thing where it's right. like yeah, right. the center of attention and usually like a lower level of uh, like with like a ringing like walkway above it. There's always yeah. the same room. Exactly. Let's get let's get it. Let's get make this big enough so that we can get enough people in here so that he can really tear some shit up. Like that's. Now that being said, once he starts tearing shit up, that was pretty fun. incredible action scene. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was fun. Yeah, it was it was brutal, and then the I, they were Olivia Munn was, trying to leave. First time, that was the first time too, where like the predator actually feels like a badass. Yeah, like in the first predator, like some gory kills, some fucked up kills, like this and that. But like a lot of it happens when he's invisible, and it's also made in the eighties, not as great, you know, props and everything like that. Like this felt visceral and brutal, and that that finally felt like like something I should be really afraid of, not from the perspective of like the haunting, like stalking nature of it in the first one Mm -hmm. was legitimately good, like well done, like scary stuff. But like this, like the, like the visceral kind of like the, the end of rogue one with Darth Vader, like tearing shit up in that hallway, like in that sense, like of, Oh, I should be afraid of this thing's like capabilities. Like this thing is a freaking juggernaut. Like I'm afraid of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. I like that. the uh, uh, The scene though, where Casey is trying to is is trying to get out of the room. Like they, ninety seconds after what we were just talking about. What'd you say? Like ninety seconds after what we were just talking yeah. about. So that's like the only real instance we get of like it doesn't it not harming the unarmed person. And you think because you don't know at this point in the movie, it's if you're familiar with the franchise, it's like a callback to. He's a hunter. There's no threat, so why would I kill this thing? Well, I took it, even though they kind of scrubbed it from the canon, I actually, kind of in the way that Star Wars does the homage to the legends that pull it back in, I took this more as like something from like Alien vs. Predator. I don't know if you remember that movie at all. Vaguely. Uh, that is another movie where it's like, it's not a good movie, but I actually was entertained watching it. I remember like not, enjoying watching it. Not a terrible watch, even though it's not a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing with like, 
two of the predators get like punked really early on in the like when they come around uh kind of thinking think like throne room scene from revenge of the sith uh where like three jedi masters lose it in like 12 seconds um (laughs) (laughs) um where only one of the three predators survives the first encounter with the xenomorphs and so they realize that the odds he realizes the odds are not in his favor and he realizes that one of the humans is competent so he doesn't kill her and he gives her a weapon and the two of them get to work together mm-hmm. kind of i viewed it more as like that where it's like a recognition of not just like hunter like looking for like the 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 the, the prey Sport. type of thing mm-hmm. you know it was uh like an acknowledgement not in exactly the same way but an acknowledgement of I would be doing more harm than good in killing you. I'm really not serving any purpose. And there may be, cause well, cause at, the, at that time you don't realize that, that that predator has come with altruistic goals, right? Right. Which is the actual, that which makes you correct. I yes. feel like in the, but I think the, for, for me, it was just, I thought it was just like a recognition of, we, we don't know that yet about this predator. So I just assumed it was that same old thing of, well, this is no fun. So I'm not going to do that. So I viewed it as, through the lens of that alien versus predator scene, I looked right. at it as that's, that's good. That's there is something more for this relationship. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah, and, I, and it turns out to be the case, which is awesome. Yeah, um, I, and I, from the trailer, I knew that there was these two predators were not friends, obviously. But considering how many humans the smaller predator kills, I assumed that it was kind of like a remember the Family Guy joke, the bigger jaws situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of the same thing from Alien vs. Predator, where it's like, I've got bigger issues, and you can kind of help me. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, this was a little less direct version of all of that. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't see that being where this plot would go, that, that it was uh, an alliance between a rogue predator and humanity. It, actually, I thought it was kind of a cool storyline. You know what's funny about that scene? Uh, you could easily view it as like, Hmm, how can we set the scene up so that she has to take all her clothes off? Yes. And but I didn't see it that way. What I saw was this is the most vulnerable you can be, so I'm actually terrified. <laughs> well, you know, I, I could see that more cynical look at it. Um but and I there's definitely a, a an element to that. Um but the fact that they don't use it for a gratuitous nudity yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. I think makes it a little bit better. It's probably yeah. closer to what you're saying of like the whole idea of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, because they could have totally, and if it was, I guess, a, le- a lesser known actress, maybe that would have been the case. Um, just played it for an opportunity to show some skin. Yeah, but they didn't end up doing it. So, well, that's, I'm, I'm I'm glad they didn't because as it was happening, I was like, are they doing this? I mean, I'm a, I'm as big a fan of Olivia Munn as anyone, sure. um, in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, it would have been pretty cheap to do yeah. that. In- and then, but then instead, the way that it was shot, I was actually terrified. I was like thinking, stuck in this room, monstrous, just terrifying beast alien, and I not only am I not armed. I am naked. <laughs> what, what's worse this than getting di- what's, what's worse than being defenseless and getting disemboweled by a predator? Being naked and horrified <laughs> and humiliated while being disemboweled by a horrifying alien. <laughs> right. right. No, it, it, I I felt that it ended up being like a a well executed piece, but it was I was definitely concerned as it was happening. 
Yeah. And I guess, you know, they did have the whole setup to it, you know, the two of them having to strip down coming in earlier, you know what I mean? Like, that it wasn't just done, that there was an open and a close to that story, you know? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Interesting. The, uh, that, uh, that, that super predator, though. Uh, one of the more badass kills I've seen in a while, when he just straight up pulverizes the smaller predator. Yeah. And then tears his head and spinal column clear out. See, you use the word tears, but he was so effortless that I feel like you could just say he takes his spinal cord out. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he removes that with two fingers and shakes off the blood. I can see what you mean where it's like the very bright green blood. Um, Yeah, no, I can see how you would mean that, but. It was such a violent, disrespectful action. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Just straight up disrespect. I am going to yank your fucking spine out. You are my trophy now. Yes, literally. That's it's silly. Um, I was trying to think. I will say one negative in this movie, though, is at not the whole movie, but at times, laughably bad CGI. Mm. There was some horrendous CGI. Some of it was fine. There was some that was so bad that I just don't understand. You gotta wonder like what, how that happens or why it happens. Like sometimes I assume it's because it's something that they kind of like, that they made in a certain way and then they're like, this really isn't working for me so they try and rework it on the fly. Or if they like do reshoots, which there was some for this movie, from what I understand, I had heard that they may have changed the movie considerably in the editing room in oh, some really? ways, kind of Rogue One style. Hmm. Although it didn't feel as disjointed as some of that did. Although maybe it was just because there was nothing that was like big story in the trailer that changed, so maybe I just didn't notice it. Sure. And for that reason, because I didn't have something to compare it against, but. I didn't like well because the thing was one of the, like the worst instances, and it was throughout the course of the movie was the CGI for the predator dogs was terrible. Oh, God, those and are like dumb. that's not something that they, that's not something that they shoehorned in at some like random point in the movie. They were consistently throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. So it's something that was from start to finish executed in that way, and yeah, it was consistently bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a. You know what? <laughs> this just reminded me of something. I when you were watching a big dumb action movie. You love a good big dumb action scene. And that scene, though the dogs were terrible, just the the nonsense of how perfectly executed every run, jump, and slide is, it just makes me feel like this is a video game and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like he I'm pretty sure the one character comes careening in with a cop car, like dives out of it and somehow rolls over the hood. Like I don't exactly know what he did. No, no, no. There was uh, <laughs> multiple there was, cars. Like, there was a choreography thing. He leapt out of the car and the car goes flying directly in front of another character. Who leaped over it. Who, it like, no, it just flew between the guy rolling out of it who was driving it and the guy who was walking up behind it. And it was with, like, to the point where it's like, how did he not cream him with that car? Right. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> it was, it, that was fun. That was, a, there was a lot happening in like that 30 second, 45 second sequence. So I was just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the team was probably good and entertaining. It's, it's funny. You watch something like that and you're like, 
Wow, that was that was a fun, like I said, 30, 45 seconds. That took what, three days? <laughs> Four days? <laughs> like that's that was insane <laughs> to get that down. Like run, jump, roll, pop up, shoot the thing three times, spin around. Like, where did you learn this dance? <laughs> Actually, you know, I did lie. There is two instances, I think, where I could notice. I don't know what the change was, but there must have been. This must have been where some of the reshoot stuff happened. Uh, one of them was, and it was also kind of a pretty badass scene um, just from the way it was shot and just everything that's going on and scale being an issue when the super predator thing comes into their house mm. and starts fucking everything up to try and f- track down the ship. Yeah. And uh, the... The, the boy's mother, the Yvonne Strahovski character, Emily, she escapes the Predator, and then we never see her again. Hmm. Never shows up on screen ever again after that. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, yeah, I, don't oh, I, know, I know I'm right, because there was a certain point in the movie where it's getting close to the end, and I'm like, that's weird, we didn't see, like... Where did she go? And then the movie ended. I was like, usually we get a scene where like the family's reunited. And we didn't. And like he says something like, oh, hey, I'll let your mom know you're having fun when he like meets him up with the lab at the end. Yeah. And it's just like, that was it. That was the only acknowledgement of the fact that she still existed. That was weird. And I'm like, like did did Yvonne Strahovski get bored and stop shooting the movie? Did they just did they get bored with the character? Because they seem kind of bored with the character throughout the making of it. Yeah, because she was kind of just all over the place, and I don't blame her at all. Um, part of that's because I'm a fan of hers, um, but I blame that on the writing. Yeah, and her character was not well written. Not well written, and like consistently shoved off to the side. Literally, in one case where she like pulls down the gun, like I'm coming to help, and it's like, no, you're not. Pushed off to the side, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> okay, I've got a question about uh, the relationship between her and her son. The there was a note on the kitchen counter when the kid gets home from school. Yeah. Does it say like "Eat your dinner, or I will cut you"? Because it was on the screen. I believe, I believe it did. Yes, okay. I was very confused as well. Yeah, it was like on screen for like a split second. It was literally, it was not on screen long enough to read the whole thing. Well, the thing is, yeah, it was kind of in the way that like Sterling K. Brown died, um, yeah. where it was like I didn't have enough time to process it before, and like I was like, are they going to show us the note again? Or I, I wondered later in the movie. Because the way that she was talking about like him like being down in the basement and having kind of like his own bachelor pad basically, yeah, and like playing video games a lot and this and that, I wondered, did it say, "I'll cut you off"? Like, is she gonna take the oh. game from him? But the thing is, I didn't see those words on the. Yeah, it looked I, like I, saw I I'll cut you. Was like, I'll cut you. Yeah, and I was like, maybe I'm just hoping that it was gonna be "I'll cut you off" because otherwise, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? So like when I saw when I when I caught a glimpse of the note and I thought it said I'll cut you I just assumed that it was like he has a brother who's also a dick to him and then I was like okay no he's got a mom maybe they're like maybe she's like a young mom and they're more like, have more of like a brother sister relationship like where they where they tease each other yeah but no that wasn't really the case either it was just weird. no you know I think actually that may have been something that um, suffered or maybe didn't suffer from editing. Um, they handled that relationship pretty poorly early on between that note and the first time she comes in and talks to him. Yeah. Like they set up really horrendous dynamic between 
a mother and her son who has special needs. Yeah. Like the, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember like the end of that first conversation where she comes in and is talking to him, brings him the mask. I was like, that is not how a single mother with special needs should be talking to her special needs child. Holy shit. Yeah. And it got way better after that, which is, I imagine was like, yeah, we're not doing that. And, and I imagine like that was the case because later on, like even though they did it through like a rough edged, like delivery the whole thing later on where he says uh, he says something about like retarded or this and that he's like it's like hey be like easy and he says hey be sensitive and like they made it like a rough and tumble joke and it's like okay like it was a good-natured thing delivered by people who weren't quite equipped and it's like i get it like that's kind of that makes sense how you'd handle it that way it was very much not the case between her and her son yeah. earlier on in the movie i'm really glad that that did not keep going it was, on that was it was the whole that whole thing was weird yeah, I, I don't know. I will say the kid has one of the greatest lines in movie history, though, which was, uh, I know reverse psychology, too. Don't go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, that was my original early leader in the clubhouse from for the intro today. And the sixth thing was just too good of an opportunity. to pass up, so. <laughs> When he said that, I was like, bravo, kid. That was... <laughs> That was good. I didn't see that one coming, and I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, you know what's his name? Trigger didn't see it coming either, and he loved it. <laughs> his his diabolical laugh was pretty great too. Yes, because it was like a weird. It was like this weird evil cackle. <laughs> well, the other thing is, I kind of experienced to a certain extent as uh, like especially the first half of the movie. Um, it's funny we did this the week after we did the the Princess Bride, but to a certain extent, he's kind of. Humperdinck-esque in his <laughs> tracking and his like 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 razor sharp like knowledge like yeah. they do the whole thing where they find the dead dog thing and the dead uh, predator and this and that and he's like I don't need to see that I already know what's going on here like he's like bang 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 like Sherlock Holmes-esque with how he like knocks out all the facts and it's like okay like this dude definitely knows what he's about but it's like you're a dick the yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I I really like. I want to. I want to see him in more things. I think he can. He can make every movie better. <laughs> yeah, he does seem to be a good actor. Oh, you know, actually, what it really was specifically is it reminded me because I think we touched on it very briefly. It was the whole thing where like when when he comes on the scene with Vicini having died, he says and he picks up the little thing and he goes, "I can't patter. I bet my life upon it." It's yeah. like based on what? It's like same thing with like. The, that scene where he's looking up at like the the corpses on the uh, the slabs is this is kind of like that same like like confidence and like arrogance even you know what I mean yeah when he when he throws that weapon that like boomerang oh my god and it cuts the guy's hand like you know you know from the minute that thing gets thrown in the air like oh I see where this is going yeah. it's, when it happens it's still kind of funny the best part of it was like the whole idea of like the so you're saying there's a chance type of thing where he goes, yeah. oh, yeah, that's a predator weapon. That's going to come back. You're going to want to catch it right here on the wrist. Ding. Well, it was worth a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. <as he> kills. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was brutal. It was, but it was the right call, right? Like, he put him out of his misery. They weren't going to be able to drag him kicking yeah. and screaming as they were trying to flee, right? You know what I mean? That's, I guess, but there's no hesitation. There's no, there's nothing. And it was like, like, which just adds to like, this guy is just like doing things his way. And it's just, well, I felt like his on, character was very idea. consistent the whole way through. 
Definitely. And because like early on, you get this like picture is like, oh, this guy's brilliant. He knows what yeah. he's, what's going on. He's assembling the best of the best. And then it's like, no, he's ruthless to the point where he actually works against himself, even though yeah. he doesn't realize it, that he's making these plays that he thinks are helpful in the long term, even though they're really only helping him in the short term and they're hurting him in the long term. Because if he had attempted to be collaborative from the start, things would have been better to his own long-term goal of, you know, this whole idea of fighting off the predators. Like he's actively turning away help, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, like that, like that scene in a different movie would have played out when they all, when they surround them and everything. It's again, the whole enemy of my enemy thing. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, this guy's rolling in real quick and we're not equipped to fight him and we need this information. Let's team up kill the super predator thing and then we'll figure it out from there. And it takes a bunch of their guys getting killed, including one on the, you know, Quinn's, I it was the Alfie Allen character. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's another callback getting his arm blown off. Um, like losing that guy and a bunch of his like nameless henchmen. And it's like, okay, let's work together. Even though on the front end, they're basically like, we're going to kill each other when this is done. Yeah, <laughs> that, what, like, he, he says something ridiculous. No, he says, he goes, you better be sure that when we're done, we're going to dance. He goes, don't worry, I got my shoes picked out already. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Oh my God, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> so, so, you know what it was a cool uh, uh, death sequence <laughs> or weird way to murder someone on screen? The the use of the uh, the force field on the ship. Yeah, I had a note about that. I'm pretty sure that's not how force fields work. <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure that's not how force fields work. I'm no biologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that yeah, that was that was a little ridiculous. I the, did um, have, I did experience that, especially the death of Nettles, because he's the one who like doesn't seem to realize it either go over or under. Yeah, right. Because they, they like Quinn and um, I can't remember what the other guy's name. Um, Nebraska. Yeah, that that was good. Nebraska, are you from Nebraska? No. Well, what's your name? Gaylord. Good choice. Uh, um, Like, they both realize pretty quickly that I don't want to get caught in this thing. Quinn makes the right choice, get inside the force field. Nebraska makes the wrong choice, he gets above the force field, but still a better choice than the one that Nettles makes. Yeah. Which Um, Which is panic. Which is panic, shoot at the force field, and get sliced in half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I experienced that to a certain extent. Do you remember the original Resident Evil movie? Ooh, vaguely. Do you remember, I don't remember a lot of the details throughout the course of the movie, but there's a specific scene that's always stuck with me. Because at the time of seeing it, which is easily 15 years ago, um, there was a scene where the the Marines or whatever they were, the, the special ops soldiers... Um, they go into that long mirrored tunnel before they get full access to the thing and they get in and the door locks in behind them and they can't get the door open and then they turn and look and they're like, well, let's go try and get through the other door. And then this beam of light comes up and it okay. comes flying through and beheads one of them Yeah, and the rest of them duck underneath it. And I experienced this in that way where it was like, to a certain extent, it's that like Austin Powers, the guy who gets killed by the the steamroller from a yeah. hundred yards away. Uh, <laughs> slightly sped up and less ridiculous. Um, but the way that that scene is like that kind of continuous crushing, like inevitability of this is going to kill you. Uh, because the way it works is the 
well, the, the, the first one comes through and I think it beheads a guy and it chops off part of the hand of another guy. And the guy whose hand got partially cut off, they're trying to deal with him. And then they're like, oh, well, that sucked. And then another laser comes through again. <laughs> and it's like, God, we don't really have time. To, and that guy gets chopped in half, I believe, because that one comes through like waist high or something like that. Uh-huh. And one guy goes over it and one guy goes under it. And it's like, okay. And then something else happens and it's down to just the one guy's left the team leader. And it's like, wow, this guy's really on top of his shit. Cause it's, oh, because that one like started out waist high. And then at the end, it jumped up. And to try and, like, get him, like, doing some sort of move. He's like, okay, like, I've got it. And he turns, he, like, cracks his neck. It's like, what's coming next? And the laser comes one more time. And it turns into a checkerboard of lasers. Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) And it just dices him up because there was literally nowhere he could have gone. And then the door opens. And it was like, that was kind of how I experienced this, the the scene. Immediately just the one guy, the one time, the force field surrounding him. I'm like... Yep, you're just going to not have a chance, are you? <laughs> yeah. There's a... When Nebraska jumps through the engine, which was also which a pretty badass way to go out. Yeah. Uh, what was... I forget, Did something happen to him right before that, or did he just do that because they were exiting the atmosphere, or going to be? Um. Well, yeah. So um, Quinn gets under the thing, and he's over it, but the thing is raising, and let's say he starts to choke. Because he can't breathe. Oh, okay, he does. As a, as a, I was imminent. I just wasn't. I don't. I didn't remember exactly what led up to him doing that. Yeah, they got high up enough that the air was thinning and he couldn't breathe anymore. And you see that look on Quinn's face because he realizes what's going on. It's like, oh fuck, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And Nebraska realizes there's nothing he can do, so he figures. And that was what I was saying. Kind of brought it full circle with with his story, and I liked it um, because it was. I thought a good representation of a story of someone who ended up being out of their depths who didn't understand. He was burdened with command mm-hmm. as a younger man, and he wasn't equal to the task, and that's why he tries to kill himself. And he made a joke early on that he shot someone, he shot an officer, and then eventually, like I said, he, he kind of skips past the fact that it was himself. He shot himself. Right. Um but what brings him around, unlike some of the other characters, because some of them are kind of have to be drag kicking and screaming, and he's the first one. Like when he asks her, even though it was a super clunky scene, you know, is your man, the, is your your husband the man? I think he is. You know, the whole thing, and she tells him, and he realizes that this guy is someone who can lead, and you realize that he was devoted. He could have been a good soldier, but he was out of his depths as a leader. But realized that he had what it took when he didn't have to lead. He just had to follow the leader who could be the leader he couldn't be. Mm-hmm. And that's what he gives himself up to in the end, right? Where it's, I followed you to the ends of the earth here and I know what to do now, even if it means the end for me. Because yeah. you guided me this way. You set the path for me to follow. You pointed out another uh, sequence that didn't I didn't care for, which was the, is your husband the man? I think he is lying, like you just mentioned. Yeah, that was the- super clunky. It was again because like it's it's almost as if like they forgot they're like oh we need this character we didn't really know exactly what to do with it but we, we still want it like I don't know how like, it was just that whole her, her character was just like you said it was very strangely written I don't understand what was going on yeah there. yeah very it, she done. she wasn't a character so much as a plot device yeah it was it was like I, like I have no reason also like and because they didn't flesh her out at all or like make anything stick 
I have a hard time believing that Jeeve is like so gung ho to tell. Are they still married? Yes, I believe they said that he they were estranged. To tell her husband like like not to come back home because they like they're looking for him here and like throw the phone down the garbage disposal or whatever she did. Like it just like it was out of character at that point because the character wasn't developed. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't think it was out of character. Actually, that was probably the only good thing that they did with the character, really. Um, because she realizes that's the only way that her son's going to be safe. Um, yes, I agree she... with that piece. <laughs> but it, that, that's that's more of the compelling reason for her to be doing the thing that she's doing. Because she doesn't really seem to have a relationship with her husband anymore. Yeah. Um, however, she does not have a good relationship with her kid either, based on everything else that we just talked about. It's very yeah. weird. Doesn't no, fit. but you do see her reveal her maternal instinct in trying to track down and save her son. Sure, um, doesn't yeah, make no, up just, for it, the garbage writing up to that point. There was very little you could do to redeem the character. Terrible. Uh, uh, it, I, she was a physical manifestation of that one-off line that I brought up to you that I found entertaining from Deadpool, where the T.J. Miller character says to to Ryan Reynolds, "There's a uh, the, about the the guy in the suit over there." He goes. Uh, Seem, why don't you go talk to him? Seems like it might further the plot. She was the physical manifestation <laughs> of that line from that movie. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, do you have any any more notes? Um, no, I don't think so, really. I think that, that was kind of all the, the big stuff. I, Like I said, I enjoyed this movie. It, I don't think... it. Some of it was very bad. Yeah, but overall, there was enough good in it that it makes it hard for me to say it's a bad movie because I could see the element of a very good movie in it. Yeah, even if some of the bad was so bad to outweigh it. <laughs> I uh, but I had a lot of fun watching the movie, and I like to the point where if Shane Black is still attached to make a sequel to this because they obviously set up a sequel at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was kind of cool, like the idea of oh, I, like that's my suit, and the suit looked badass. Yeah. Uh, um, I would I would be interested to see the next one. So, Chris and I were really hoping that that was like a Schwarzenegger clone inside of that thing. Because <laughs> if that opened up and he came out of it, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently he was offered an opportunity to cameo in the movie and he turned it down. That's funny. I don't think it was in like, I don't think he did it in like a, like poorly spirited way. I I think if they do another one, he may very well choose to do it in that one. Yeah. Well, you, you gave your take. I think it's perfectly valid. Take my personal take is that this movie, it's just, in my opinion, it's a bad movie, but I did have a lot of fun. Yeah. It's definitely, I don't want to be, I want to be clear. Definitely not a good movie in an objective sense. Yeah. But it was entertaining enough and it had enough good going on that I'm struggling to say the words that it was a bad movie, even though it probably was. It's a B plus. Like it's not it's not a B movie. It's an A it's plus not... it's an A plus execution of a B movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh my god. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. Thanks for joining us. If you have any topics for the show or a movie you'd like to see us cover, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at spintune.com. We will be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. And until then, I'm Anthony. He's Al. Cheers.